You know, the culture is actually damn good. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Hey, where y'all at? This is Trafalgar Square. Mr. and Mr. North of South American, all the ships at sea, let's go to press. Have you been drinking? It was a good show, huh? During the workday, when you feel possessed by amorous intent, may I suggest that you suppress it? Hey! 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 Hey, how you doing? Let's get in the conference room. I would like to invite everyone into the conference room. I would like to have a meeting in the conference room right now. I know for a fact that nobody in the Parks Department reads letters. Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now get me Savior! SportsJourney.com Radio Network is on the air. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm your host, Bob Matthews. We are delighted, as always, to have you here with us. Big treat coming up in just a couple of minutes. We're going to go down to South Florida, talk a little AFC East football today with Dave Agadella with WFOR-TV. Dave is uh, heavily involved in and a part of the team that covers not just the Dolphins, but everybody down there will hit on the Miami Heat a little bit and who knows what else. So stay tuned for that in just a few. The Washington football team, of course, with the day off today. Tomorrow they start installing the game plan for the Lions this weekend in Detroit. Two and six versus, what are the Lions? Three and five, something like that now. I mean, you know, at this point, do records really matter until Washington can string together a couple of more wins? I really don't think that they do, but nevertheless, Ron Rivera saying yesterday, and you heard him, it's still up in the air. Well, they are still just a game and a half out of first place in the NFC East, and God knows the way things look with every week that goes by, it is more and more likely that five wins by week 16 can put you in position to be you know, have a play-in game that last week of the season in Philadelphia to uh, to, to win the East as, as screwed up and dysfunctional as that may be. So one of the things that I wanted to, uh, to touch on today uh, before we get to Dave is that fact that, as Rivera said yesterday, uh, Alex Smith is the starting quarterback for this week against Detroit. What's going to happen, you know, going forward? Who knows? Um, and the question remains, is that, you know, the best move? Yes, you are just a game and a half out of first place in the East. And if the Redskin, if the Washington football team wins this week, I'm still having trouble with that. I, I really hope we get a nickname soon. But if Washington wins and the chalk, the rest of the, you know, across the rest of the division holds, they'd be a half game out uh, because, I, you know, and I'm sure every other team is thinking the same thing in the division. And, you know, well, they should. Um, but, you know, can you can you count on on Philly winning this weekend? Can you count on Dallas winning this weekend? Can you count on the Giants winning again? This weekend, don't know. Well, either Philly or the Giants are going to win this week because they're playing each other. But, you know, Giants lose, uh, Washington wins. Well, there you have it. Uh, Washington's only a half a game out of first place. The Falcons, and you know, are playing the Cowboys. I, I don't know. You know, are the Falcons. This is a, this is a, a, a week when you could see all of the NFC East teams win. 
that's neither here nor there right now because it's it's just not something that that you know your mind can comprehend right now but i was wondering yesterday and i started thinking you know if alex smith plays well this week do you start him next week at home against the Bengals, you know, if he plays well then. You know, how, how long do you start him before saying it's time to give up the ghost and see what we have in Dwayne Haskins if they haven't already, you know, in their minds decided to move on from Haskins? Even if they had, though, you need to get him some sort of marketability for a trade. So if Alex Smith plays well the rest of the year, do you make him the starting quarterback next year? Oh, we hadn't really talked about that, have you? Could Alex Smith be the starting quarterback going forward in the future? Now, the one stipulation here as I go through this is, is I think giving up on Dwayne Haskins is a mistake. Can Dwayne Haskins be a franchise quarterback? Yes, I believe he can be. Will he be? That's a whole other story. But I think that you have to at least give him an honest-to-God chance. Now, I understand if... There were things that happened that really pissed you off as a coaching staff, whether it was after the Ravens game, whether it was the first month of the season, whatever. Okay, I get that. I think you need to give him another chance. But let's put that aside for a second. If you do move on from him, is Alex Smith your best best option as a starting quarterback? Well, given the body of work, which is very small, that we've seen since he came back, and, and more specifically against the Giants, consider all this. He came off the bench, threw for more than 300 yards against the Giants. Is it a coincidence that all of a sudden, when Alex Smith comes in the game, Cam Sims all of a sudden becomes a viable big play target? We don't know. I mean, we'll see. It was one game, you know. You don't know. But Alex Smith looked like uh, there was a change in the way that offense looked when Smith came in. He looked like a veteran quarterback that knew what he was doing most of the time. Uh, the two interceptions, notwithstanding, at the end of the game. By the way, the third one, J.D. McKissick totally fell down. I think we all know that. Alex Smith made the players around him better. I mean, he just did. The offense ran smoother with Alex Smith in there. I, I never cringed thinking that, oh, God, where is this ball going? And this is about to be a disaster. And there were a lot of those moments, both with Kyle Allen and with Dwayne Haskins. Um, not only did he make players better around him, consider the cost of this and the state of the team. Now, they could save $8 million against the cap if they released Alex Smith next year. Uh, the whole $21 million isn't guaranteed, but 15 of it, I guess that makes, or however many, eight, uh, 21 minus eight, you do the math. I'm not, I'm not doing math right here. The $21 million he makes as a quarterback next year, that ranks 15th in the league. A lot of guys making more. A lot of guys making less, but a lot of guys making more. He's right there in the middle. That's pretty economical. He's making a f less than a fifth of what Patrick Mahomes is going to make. And most importantly, if Alex Smith shows you that he can still play and you're going to move on from Haskins, he gives you probably the most valuable commodity, if you're Ron Rivera, that you need. And that's time. It gives you time and it gives you stability. 
if you move on from Haskins, obviously you need to draft a solution at long-term quarterback. Kyle Allen ain't it. But Trevor Lawrence ain't going to be there. I mean, whether Smith plays well, whether Smith plays bad, whether they win a lot of games, whether they lose a lot of games, they're not going to pick – they're not going to have the number one pick. They're not getting Trevor Lawrence. And – but more importantly than that, I think, you don't want to put a potential – a young guy with a lot of potential into a bad situation. So how many top ten quarterbacks have won Super Bowls in the last 30 years? You know how many? Ten. That does not count. You want to you want to count Aaron Rodgers and Ben Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger was the eleventh pick in the draft last year, so technically Rodgers was taken at the end of the first round. All right, add those two in there. Add Roethlisberger's two Super Bowls and Rodgers' Super Bowl. So that's thirteen in thirty years. Okay. Obviously, that number skewed a little bit by Tom Brady, who won six. But still, I mean, it shows you you can find a quarterback later in the draft that can win you a Super Bowl. It's happened. I mean, again, history's littered with them. Brady, six, six of them. He was a third-string quarterback when he was drafted. Kurt Warner, Brad Johnson, Joe Flacco, Trent Dilfer. list goes on and on and on. This team's got holes. This team needs to spend its early-round picks on something other than a quarterback. Yeah. It needs a left tackle. It needs some help at safety. It needs a big play wide receiver. There's tons and tons of stuff. It it may or may not need a running back. There are plenty that need some linebackers, it looks like. Plenty of things out there that you can use a top 10 draft pick on besides a quarterback that I think you could get some more return on. Alex Smith gives you time. I think you can be competitive with Alex Smith next year as this roster grows. And if you put your faith in this uh, player personnel department, which I do, I mean, I think they've made some really good moves since they've been in charge the last three or four years. I think then that if they see somebody they really like in, say, the fourth round or something like that, if somebody slips, okay, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that they go and, and, and take a guy. So it might not be the worst idea to play Alex Smith, you know, give him a long run here and see if he might be the guy going forward. I know there is a huge risk of another gruesome injury or the fact that maybe the Giants game was a one-off. But that's what I'm looking at this weekend. He's going to have a whole week practicing with the ones. He did that. As the backup quarterback, he had, you don't give the backup many snaps, if any, with the ones during practice. You don't have time. You know, your starter needs every rep he can get just to you know, be able to have the game plan down. Let's see what happens this weekend. I'm going to be very interested to see if Alex Smith can back it up. If he plays well again this week, win or lose, I think you definitely have to start considering maybe he's the guy going forward for a few years. He's the new Mr. Right now. Yeah, 36 years old. But, you know, we've seen what's Tom Brady doing Monday night notwithstanding in Tampa this year. Or Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers. There are plenty of 35-plus quarterbacks that have done quite well the last few years. And in a West Coast offense, if you're not going to get hit a lot, if you can protect them, 
and you know we know that he, we know that obviously he's he is a workout fiend. He'll have himself in shape for it. And the position is changing. You can stay, you know, the guys that dedicate themselves to the working out and staying in shape are able to play longer at quarterback. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. That's your uh that's one of the game lines that you uh, you want to watch for in Detroit this weekend. All right. Let's talk a little AFC. Somebody, Maestro, do me the favor and cue the music here. Let's go down to South Beach. Time to go check in in South Florida. As promised, the real Mr. 305, Dave, Al- Dave Agadello from WFOR-TV in Miami is joining us, my personal friend for the last 25 years. How are you, sir? Good. It's good to see your face. I know we're people just hearing us, but on the Zoom and uh, just uh, living the life, getting over uh, some COVID living down here, returning to the land of the living and uh, enjoying the rejuvenated South Florida sports scene, which seems <laughs> to have got a uh, jolt uh, and all of its teams in the, uh, this year in 2020. Yeah, you guys are living La Vida Loca down there. The Marlins get to the postseason. The Heat make a run in the in the NBA playoffs. And now football is back. And I, I think everybody's kind of shocked by that, aren't they? Uh, you know, I think maybe nationally. I think locally there was a lot of optimism, especially with the Miami Hurricanes getting De'Eric King. He was kind of seen as like the first true uh kind of playmaker and quarterback they've had since the glory days going back 20 years and you know with the Dolphins uh Brian Flores did a lot last year with basically nothing and now that they're adding talent you're seeing what he can do with talent so optimism is definitely the word of the day for all four of those and I'd even throw the Panthers in there though uh, the hockey for the hockey people who know hockey we've always been optimistic with them but they can't seem to break through or those, <laughs> those first four you mentioned uh it's just everyone's looking we're ascending there's no descending right now so it's an, it's an exciting time yeah same can't be said for the washington football team but that's a whole other story let's let's talk about them dolphins so Tua gets the start two weeks ago uh it was a rather pedestrian performance but they won and then he shows out over the weekend I guess is have the Dolphins found their franchise quarterback here? I mean, he's going to have every chance to win it, and and it looks like he has all the skill sets, and it looks like they're kind of using them in the right way. You know, with I don't know if I've talked about this with you before. I'm not a big fan when people question play calling. To me, it's mm-hmm. about player usage and execution, and you can see how they're using them. A lot of rollouts. Um, running the ball the right way, not asking him to run, asking him to be more of a Russell Wilson type where use your legs when the play breaks down as opposed to a Kyler Murray, who they saw this matchup last week where you actually call plays for him to run. Um, So, you know, definitely the optimism's there and you can see the talent, you can see the arm talent, you can see his decision-making. But the key for the Dolphins win the last two weeks has really been complete team play. Um, the defense is a true no-name defense to pull from from the back. Emmanuel Logba has really stepped up. Seven stacks, two uh, forced fumbles turned into touchdowns the last week. And and I don't know if you remember our talks from last year, but the two main things I wanted to see this year was offensive line. Could you protect the quarterback? Uh, and they have a young one that shows that potential. And could you pressure the quarterback? Because they that defensive line last year was just 
god-awful. They could not pressure the quarterback, and that is not the case this year. They are putting pressure and creating plays, which is what you need. Yeah. What was the whole dust up last week uh, with where, where Flores had to come out and, and say, no, this isn't an audition for Tua, that he's the starting quarterback. How, how did that start? Was there ever, did, do people really think they would give up on Tua Tagovailoa after, you know, basically half or three quarters of a season? Well, it's interesting because I had this conversation with a, a buddy last night. He felt that Tua should be benched the whole year. I felt you had to see him. Because I still think it's a three-year build. I mean, the Dolphins have two number one picks and two number twos and a number three next year. So that's why I think you had to see Tua this year. You had to be convinced that he was the guy. Because I still think they addressed the quarterback situation, but as a long-term to develop a backup. But if you if they played Tua and they don't feel this guy, they, he's the guy, they have the assets to maybe move up and, and make a Trevor Lawrence. I mean, they have the, the, the Texans pick. So I, I keep looking at it as it's a two, it was a three-year build and we're in year two. Um, so, and not to sound bad, but under a guy like Flores, I, I look at what Belichick has done and basically everyone is up for, every position is up earning their job and trying to, nothing is given with those coaches. Mm-hmm. You know, the only thing that was given for Tom was obviously Tom Brady, but he earned that role. Every other position on that team, you know, is up for grabs on a, what have you done for me lately? Right. And that's what Flores is going to be. So I think, but you know, I, I think really what it came down to was they realized in practice, the tool was the better quarterback at this point, all due respect to Ryan Fitzpatrick, but it was his leadership that really set him above and beyond everyone else. And once to his talent, it, arm talent and all that other stuff took over and also his leadership skills I think it was the obvious switch to make and and it's obvious Tua does not look overmatched he does not look like the moment is too big for him so I I think this was the right time to make the move because the only other option I think too is if you wait and wait to make the move then all of a sudden under Ryan Fitzpatrick you're at seven and five or eight and four in the middle of the playoff hunt you're not going to switch to Tua then Right. I mean, well, that would be crazy. So now's the time to do it because, once again, it's a three-year build. Two number ones, two number twos, a number three next year. And not to mention, you're a destination now that players might be like, I want to go there. Look what he's doing with Agba. Look what he's doing with these other players. Right. I want to play there. which And that changes everything in free agency. Yeah, I mean, it's it's got to be kind of a sleeping giant of, of a franchise because the fact that, if you start winning, I mean, what NFL player doesn't want to come in and, and live and play in Miami, Florida? No, absolutely. And especially when, you know, you combine that with the player development, you know, and the Miami Heat get a little bit of this too. You know, wow, wow, look what you're doing with a Tyler Hero, what you're doing with a Bam out of bio. Wow, you know, maybe that's the best of both worlds. I, I'm going to a great place to develop me and I have amazing weather and all the Florida life. Right. Let, let me and and let me diverge for a second on onto the heat. The one thing that I was that that went through my mind watching them make this deep playoff run, I always thought that that Eric Spolstra maybe didn't get the credit, you know, that that he deserved when he coached them to the to the two championships. I mean, obviously, when you got a big three like he had, was was this kind of validation this year that 
he knows how to coach an NBA. He really knows how to coach an NBA team because nobody expected the Heat to, you know, to to make it to the conference finals. Credentials, but that that just goes to some of that national national talk of people who don't really know the full story. And listen, he did a that that big three era. They went to four straight finals. They won two. They some would argue they should have won more, but um, the egos and the pressure that he had to deal with and navigate, um, he does deserve credit for that. But at the end of the day, it is talent that rules, and I think that was the real difference last year. Mm-hmm. He's a great coach, but man, when you have players emerge the way they did, and you have an alpha player like Jimmy Butler, who is really a perfect fit um, that, you know, you can say all you want about culture and great coaching, but if you don't got talent, you know, you know, better than anybody. I mean, I love Phil Jackson, but, but come on, Michael, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille yeah. O'Neal, Scottie <laughs> yeah. Pippen, like he had arguably the best players of his gender uh, in the league playing for him. So talent always rolls though. Spolstra without a doubt has proved he is a top three coach in the league. Getting back, getting back to the Dolphins, they got the Chargers this week. So, I mean, from a Dolphins standpoint, you got to look at that as a home game and say, not only do you got to defend your place if you're going to be a playoff team, but the, the Chargers are a team that you beat. So, if you're looking at at Miami at at six and three here after this weekend, I mean, you say it's a three year build, but this is a legitimate playoff team this year. Well, no, without a doubt, especially when you look at the way that defense is playing. Well, the exciting thing about the game this weekend, too, is just like last week, Herbert versus Tua could be, right. you know, this is going to be talking about this for 10 years now, uh, the next 10, 15 years. So that excitement's there. But, no, they've proven with how they play and how they prep that uh, they can be in it with almost anyone right now. And, and the real thing with them is really, like I said, the complementary football. You know, obviously, you start a rookie and you win – you know, the quarterback always gets more or less credit, but what they're doing on defense and special teams, I know that's cheesy and overplayed, but I mean, it really makes a big difference when you have a kicker who can constantly flip the field and a defense that's opportunistic. So no, they are, they're in it to win it. They're in it to play. But I also believe that, you know, they have their system. They have what they want to do. They have their program and, and they're going to, they're going to stay to it. Um, but of course you go for it. You know, that you always go for it. You know, then they prove that, you know, last year when it was, you know, tank for Tua and they won five games, mm-hmm. you know, with, uh, with, with some very questionable talent. So no, they're going for it. And they have their code coach. He, he, you know, I, I've, I, I joke, you know, when I would talk politics with friends, uh, not to turn this into politics, but I've heard so many bad coaching interviews, you know, post game and pregame and on Wednesday that you kind of hear BS when you when you just said just you hear it right away and that's one thing with Flores you hear some of the BS but then you also the coach talk so to say and you also hear the stuff that shows you okay you know he has this team he knows what he's doing and you just kind of navigate some of that so I think he's the right man he's got the right mentality he's got some of that Belichick in him but a little more new school version of it and um, no definitely the, the sky is up and you know Tua has looked good but like 
he hasn't had a wow game yet, you know, and that's what's been nice for him. He hasn't needed to come out and maybe do what Herbert has done, which is, you know, and what Murray's done. You know, he's kind of those guys have needed to put up big numbers to us. has not needed to do that. yet. You just mentioned the Prince of Darkness. So uh, my last question for you, are the Patriots done in the AFC East? They, they had they, they took it to the last second before they beat the Jets last night. Uh, I would, I mean, this year I would say they have a lot to do, but you know, they can always reinvent themselves. You know, you never know who they, who they get. Um, if they make a move and get a young quarterback, you know, I'll never doubt, you know, Belichick, obviously years of seeing them, but I will say this, the one nice, the one interesting thing is I believe, I don't know the exact number. I should have looked it up, but Belichick is 45 wins from Shula. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, you know, with the way they were cruising with Brady, everyone was like, I think some people down here felt, OK, it's going to be inevitable. But now we're thinking maybe that Shula might be able to hold on with that. You know, his record yeah. at 347, how that's now an outside window, because um, it, it's clearly not working to the level they thought with Cam Newton. And I don't know if his skill set fits exactly what they want to do, um, but they're also obviously fitting their offense to his skill set, which every good coach should do. So, uh, you know, I'm one of those things. I'm just kind of taking that week for week with the Patriots. You know, you just kind of enjoy the, you know, and leave it up to the Jets. The one time you want them to win, they can't come (laughs) through last night, you know, Mm -hmm. and I was actually intrigued in that game. But, um, you know, there is clearly, though, obviously a changing of the guard now with what Buffalo's ascending, the Dolphins are ascending. Um, the Jets look like they're on track for uh, Trevor Lawrence and, and possibly a, a big boost there. And then, you know, the Patriots, well, hopefully go back to some of the little that 80s feeling because we all know that they dominated so long the last 20 years. If that happens, you watch those fans leave Gillette Stadium so fast, it'll make your head spin. I, you know, I had some conversations when I was up there shooting games. I remember with the the um, the Minutemen who shoot the guns mm-hmm. and they were complaining like that was a foul. Oh my God, terrible penalty. And I'm like, God, you guys really expect to get every call. And one of the guy looks at me and said, he goes, we only got a couple more years of this. We know it. We <laughs> yeah. know it. Yep. And we want every call and we want every trophy. We don't care. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> at least you admit it. At least you admit it. I can respect that. Self-awareness is always a good thing. Yeah. Dave Agadello, thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate it. We will uh, tell you what, we will check in with you as the Dolphins make their playoff push here the last third of the season. How about that? Yeah, it's definitely exciting times, you know, and it's been interesting for me. Normally, I'm on the sideline shooting. Um, with the COVID, they've shut all that down. They only allow one cameraman, so I've kind of deferred to the other guy. I did shoot the Jeff game earlier in the year, and I do have to be there this weekend for the uh, Chargers game, which I'm excited about being Herbert versus Tua. But uh, I've kind of enjoyed my time away from the sidelines. Um, you get a kind of different perspective in the game. and uh, yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely across the board, you know, hurricanes, dolphins, heat, Marlins, <laughs> it's all ascending. And it's, it's an exciting time for South Florida sports. I wish you good health and good shooting this weekend, my friend. Thank you, sir. We'll do it again soon. All right, Mick and the guys say it is time for us to get on out of here. My thanks to Dave for joining us today. Start putting in the game plan for Detroit tomorrow. We will talk to you then. We got Ron Rivera and player interviews coming up on the show on Wednesday. Have a good one. Enjoy. And remember, like the wise man once said, if you're on your bike tonight, as always, Stuart White.